This is the Iowa State Athletics Sidecast. I'm John Walters. Today's Sidecast is a visit with Iowa State defensive coordinator John Haycock. Last season, the Cyclones allowed under 21 points a game en route to an 8-5 record, and Haycock was a semifinalist for the Broyles Award, given to the top assistant coach in college football. What can we expect from this year's defense? We hope you'll enjoy our visit with John Haycock. Coach, Matt Campbell talks a lot about the importance of being multiple, and, and I think we all kind of understood that a little bit better on the defensive side of the ball with your three-man front a year ago. And then you even got multiple off of that, sometimes sending two guys, sometimes send blitzes. It was really a lot of variations. How important is that in this day and age of college football to give offenses, especially in the Big 12, a lot of different looks? Well, I think it's very important. I just don't think anymore you can get if, if ever, anybody the same look over and over again. And I think it's a, you know it helps your own players a little bit, but you still have to be simple enough that your guys know what to do. And I think that was kind of the blessing a year ago. We were able to do that. Spent a lot of time on it this spring. You know, moving forward, trying to take this thing to another level. So just trying to continue to be multiple and yet simplistic for our own people. I want to read you a quote from Ray Lima that I saw a few weeks ago. He says, "For me." It feels good when I'm holding down two gaps and I look up and I see Joel running in there scot-free and getting the tackle for loss. To me, I feel like I was a part of that, so I never worry about whether my name's on it. If your guys are winning in the backfield, we're all winning. That sounds like a, a winning in the dark quote to me from a guy who is really all about the team. How important was Ray Lima to the success of that defense a year ago? Well, first of all, I think what he says is really true. I think that's that's really defensive football, and I, and I think you know all aspects aspects of football. I mean, everybody has a role to play. The better everybody plays their own role, you know, the concept of being able to make your play rather than the play becomes really important, which allows plays in general to be made. I think you know Ray. When you're playing an odd front, I mean, it's the same old thing that you always hear in athletics, John. It's you got to be good down the middle. And he's the first line of defense down the middle. And, and so with him in there, it, it, it creates some issues and, and helps us with some one-on-ones in there that we like. And he's done a good job. And, and he's a guy that's willing to do his play in order for somebody else to make a play. And, and when somebody else does, you see Ray make a few plays. We see the three-man front, and I think a lot of people automatically think, well, it's a bend-but-don't-break philosophy or – Maybe they're going to be soft against the run. Those things weren't the case, and you actually made a lot of plays in the backfield. You were among the national leaders in tackles for loss. How did that happen with that front being used as often as it was? Well, it's crazy. I mean, way back, I mean, not way back, but when I started out, everybody was playing odd front. It was 50 defense was what it was called, and and you angle slanted, I mean, to get to where you're going. And then everybody went to the four-man front instead of the five, and then it went back around. So I think a lot of it's just coming back for me. That's that's the most common thing that I recognize it as, is old 50 defense. That being said, uh, it's different because you have the ability to get some run-through players, what we call them, and, and I think our guys have done a good job of playing fast downhill Again, that's what 50 defense used to do. The difference was there was two backs in the backfield running right at you. Now there's one back there, and uh, but you still have to approach it with the same mentality. You have to be able to run downhill and play in the backfield. And we saw you adapt, especially I was thinking in the fourth quarter of the Liberty Bowl where you had some defensive backs hurt. You blitzed a lot. felt it was important to get to the quarterback and get some pressure on him, and you were able to do that. How important is that just to be able to – 
kind of roll with what the game circumstances present. Well, it is, and I think we learned throughout the season a little bit. You know, I, I think there were some scenarios where you sit in hindsight's always twenty twenty about pressure and, and things you'd like to do. You've got to be able to cover guys to pressure guys because the ball's coming out so fast anymore. And so, within the count of you know thousand one thousand two, that ball's being thrown whether it's nine times out of ten, whether it's a, a play action or a run play action pass or just a, a, the ball's coming out and it's blitz. So you, you've got to be able to do all that stuff. We've got some guys up front that really are, I think, uh, outstanding blitzers. I think our guys up front do a great job of rushing the quarterback when we cut them loose. I, I think our linebacking core was a good blitz group. There'll be a good blitz group coming back. And, you know, the old adage, you got to blitz the blitzers and, and cover with the covers. And I think we're, we're at a situation where we've got some guys that can do all of those things. And we got more confidence at doing it. We had a couple weeks there with, with the bowl game practice to get a couple things that we saw on film. And, and uh, you know, our guys made all that work. We saw Jaquan Bailey make a big step forward from freshman year to sophomore year and really from beginning of sophomore year to end of sophomore year. How big of a jump is he capable of this year? Well, I think, you know, we've always said he's got a really high ceiling. And I I don't think he's different than any player. I think he'll be as good as he chooses to be and the choices that he makes and the behaviors and the winning in the dark and all the different things. I don't think he's different than any of our other guys, but I think he has the, some abilities that are, are different. He played here as a true freshman and, and has the ability to, to rush the passer and stop some runs and play athletically out to the field. The position that he's playing fits him you know, right to a tee. A couple of years ago when Marcel Spears first arrived on campus, I interviewed him and I just thought to myself, what an impressive guy to talk to. Really well-spoken, thoughtful guy, and I thought he was one of the great stories of last season, the way that he performed. How excited are you about his future, given the fact that he still you know, has a couple of years here? Marcel's a guy that last spring, as Coach Campbell's verbally documented several times, forced us to play him, really. I mean, he came on and had a tremendous spring, uh, really didn't know much where he would go, what he would be, what position, how much he would weigh, all the above, and just continued to grow and get better. And as Coach said, he forced us to play him. So we kind of changed our defense around a little bit just from position-wise to what we ask some of those positions to do from what we had done in all the past years. And so he, he certainly helped us. Uh, I think, again, his ceiling is high. He loves the game of football. He loves to compete. What I love about him most is if, if something's going bad and he feels like he let the team down, it, he, he takes it as personal as anybody that I've been around. And, you know, you don't have to get after him. You, you don't have to tell him. He, he, he gets it and he'll play harder and go back in and make two or three more plays that, you know, all of a sudden, geez, I had a bad one and he just made three good ones. So coach always talks about how guys react when things go bad. He's a guy that when things go bad uh, or has a bad play, he's plus two on the next two. Coach, you said something in the spring that really caught my attention. You talked about the importance of the seniors raising their level of play to the highest it's ever been and how important that is to the success of this team not only last year's team, but to this year's team coming up. For an average fan, sometimes we won't stop to think about that, but there really does have to be that sense of urgency, doesn't there, for that group to kind of set the tone for everybody else. As I always tell them, the sand's running through the hourglass. They don't, they don't get any do-overs. They, they don't get summer workouts over. They don't get breakfast over. They don't get a uh, lifting session over. They're out of do-overs. I think as long as I've been in this business uh, or learned at an early age that your seniors have to play the best football of their career to have the best chance of success. Because if your older guys aren't playing well, 
it's tough for the younger guys to play well just because of a leadership concept and uh, your veteran guys. So we ask those guys to step up and play the best football of their careers. They want that, I think. They all have aspirations of moving on, and they're not moving on if they don't play great football as, as, a, as an individual and your team doesn't play well. So there's a lot of things involved in playing good football your senior year, but those guys have to have a career season that's just incredible. And sometimes that's incredible, John, is, is running down on 30 plays with special teams. You know, we had a couple guys last year that I call the glue that they had the best senior seasons that they could have. They ran down on 30 special team plays a game, 40 special teams plays a game, graded out at 90 to 100%. That's all you can ask. And so those guys are just as critical as a guy that's playing, you know, 70, 80 snaps on the field and uh, every single play on offense or defense. You mentioned pressuring the quarterback. How well equipped do you think this year's team is going to be at getting that pressure before 1-1000 to 1000? You get what I call coverage sacks. You know, I think you have some guys that can beat somebody one-on-one. I think the hardest challenge anymore is is that ball's being gone. It's out of the quarterback's hands. They're very smart. They're very sharp. They know where the ball's going most of the time before the snap. Uh, so you don't get all the time. If you can get those guys, which happened a year ago, we got them to hold the ball a little bit. And our guys worked their rear ends off up front because it is hard. There's three against five. But we were able to get some plays in those scenarios. And I think ability to do that without always rushing or blitzing is important. And uh, I think this group, again, through the experiences from a year ago, I mean, we're, you know, we, we lose a couple guys that were really incredible. The other guys just got to pick up the pace. I heard quite a few good things during the course of spring football about some guys like Regan Northrup, Greg Eisworth, his name kept coming up quite a bit, Jamal Johnson, so several guys on the defensive line. Were there some pleasant surprises for you coming out of spring, or maybe even not surprises, but guys that you saw take their game where you were hoping they would take it? Well, I think a lot of those guys, John, did improve, you know, and I think it's a great time for them to do that, and you hope that that's the case. That's the first part of coming off the season. Now you go to, to winter conditioning and into spring ball. You know, are you willing to step up and will you and have you learned and did you pay attention? And I think our guys did. I think a lot of those guys made tons of improvement. Uh, I've gone through, had good summer so far. You know, we're halfway through that. We've got a half of that to go and then and summer practice. So there's still a couple more quarters left to go before we get those guys to the gate. Discipline. You know, when Matt kept talking about last year, having to do the unexceptional things exceptionally well. You look at your football team offensively and defensively, you didn't commit a lot of penalties. Does this year's group have that mental makeup, that mental toughness to be as disciplined and as thoughtful of those things uh, as last year's team was? Well, they certainly had good teachers, and uh, I think that becomes important. Uh, I think they understand the importance of it. And I think the rest of it's yet to be seen. You know, last year was last year. Uh, this year is a new group. It's a new group of leadership. It's a new group of seniors. It's, you know, the DeAndre Paynes, the Willie Harveys. The, you know, it's that whole group of seniors. And now all of a sudden those guys got to be the guys that discipline becomes critical to. And if they, they treat it as such, I think the rest of our group will follow in line. But we had great teachers, and, and shame on us if we don't figure it out. I thought as last season wore on, fans got more and more excited about your defense. And ticket sales are going really well. It sounds like the stadium's going to be really packed for home games this year. How much can that crowd 
help you get off the field on third downs? The crowd here, I think, is is absolutely incredible, first of all. I, I think the support that this football team gets and this athletic department gets is incredible. Does it have an, a factor? It absolutely does. Uh, the noise level, again, when you're on offense, the opposing offenses, uh, with all the adjustments and things that are being made, third down is a critical down. It's a critical down for our team. Uh, if you come to practice, we spend an incredible amount of time on third downs and how important of understanding and the got to get off the field and the pressure on third down and all of those different things. So I think anything, any time our, our fans are into the game like they were a year ago and have been since we've been here, for all that matters, it's a huge impact uh, for your defense. I think defense is played emotionally. And when the crowd's emotional, as a player, it, it kind of just, you know, it, it's on you and, and you play as well as you can play. And last year you were 5-2 and two on the road as a football team. Not easy to do. What are the characteristics of a successful football team on the road? In big picture, the characteristics, uh, you have to win the kicking game. Your offense has to be able to control the football, control the game. And defensively, you've got to play really out of your mind and out of your head a little bit. You, you've got to play harder than you play at home when you go on the road to win in, in, in college football. Your defense has to be, in my opinion, the best it can possibly be at a highest level it can possibly be. You have to have some sense of juice on the road because there's nobody there to give you any. And you have to play crazy good defense on the road to win in this conference or anywhere in college football. Your offense got to hang in there and, and control the football game and the tempo of it, and your your special teams have to win the game. So, you know, I, I think, again, defensively on the road, you better play over your head and out of your minds because you're going to play by yourself out there. Coach, thanks for taking some time. I, I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, Joan.